Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. We have day three of our coverage here from those events, and uh, just kind of settling into a little bit of a of a, uh, a routine. Here. Yeah, yeah, it's an enjoyable one too. I mean, there's a lot of action, <laughs> and then frankly, when we take over, there isn't. You know, <laughs> and I would imagine today the players are a little more anxious to get out of here and extend their their long holiday weekends and all that good stuff too but there's still a bunch of players floating around in the in the weight room working out doing individual stuff here and there too so no another spirited day here on the south side for sure yeah um and i I, you may have mentioned this earlier and bill barnwell mentioned uh ranked the Best and worst NFL off seasons of 2022. Which teams improved and declined? Which what went right? What went and what's next? Yeah, what, I, I thought that was right, an interesting, really well done article. Uh, so I did want to talk about he had the steel. He has the Steelers on here as a team that took a step back. Mm, okay. Uh, and I'm trying to find out what he. I'm, I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. This is good radio. <laughs> I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Twenty said. Twenty five. Twenty four. Step um, back. 23. See, I think it's more building. Rebuilding is the wrong word, but I, I think it's more taking a, a step back in terms of what has been the norm and preparing for another day. But in the meantime, I think they'll be very competitive in the process. Okay, so, so here, okay, we go. here we I go. Found it. So he has the Steelers at 19th, the 19th best offseason. Okay, so slightly below average. Yeah. He said, what went right? Frantically searching for a quarterback after Ben Roethlisberger's retirement. I don't agree with I that. I would use the word frantic. No, I, don't, I wouldn't either. I would think it's very measured. Yes. Because you I had Rudolph. Would, yeah. You signed him to a two-year deal. You then, you know, uh, go get Trubisky immediately. Obviously, yeah. the guy you, t- you targeted. You, you know, didn't well trade up before. for a quarterback. No. And then I think, with no offense to Kenny Pickett, if there were – I don't know. I'm guessing Jordan Davis or somebody would have been there at 20. It didn't have to be a quarterback. Right, it didn't is my have point. To be Kenny you know, right. They were very the other part of the equation, and he mentions, he does mention this. He said, first they ignored the agent-driven hype about Mitchell Trubisky's market and signed the former Bears starter to a reasonable. Well, actually, he's wrong about this one-year deal. It's a two-year. It deal. It is a two-year deal, which it's I think a two-year is deal. A big, you know, at 14.25 million. Um, then he says they got even. They got a second year for eight million. Uh, so. They didn't overpay for Mitchell Trubisky. Mm-hmm. They didn't overpay for Kenny Pickett. I know some people said, well, they, they could have traded back and gotten him. You don't know Possibly, that. Possibly. But Getting Kenny right. Pickett at the 20th pick is a bargain. I think so. Uh, I mean, I so, agree. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't move up to you know, trade up into the top ten to get him. You didn't I trade think one other all. aspect of the Pickett pick, and then Pickens and Pickett pick, is at 20, I didn't think there was a glaring other player to pass on. Yeah. McDuffie was a nice guy. You know, it would yeah. have been a welcome addition to any team. The Chiefs traded up for him. 
but there wasn't, you know, receiver was obviously a priority. They were pretty picked through at that point. So it wasn't like, man, Pickett versus this real top-end skill guy or, you know, position player that we love. So I think it was probably an easy choice for him. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, they didn't panic. As I yeah, did, right. Yeah. I, whatever word he, he used there. Yeah. Frantic. frantic there was yeah. no franticness There was involved. no franticness. Right. Then facing rumors that as many as five quarterbacks would go in the first round of the draft, the Steelers stayed put and didn't sacrifice picks to move up to get the player they wanted. In the end, every quarterback was still on the board at 20, so Coach Mike Tomlin and his team got to take the player they wanted in local prospect Kenny Pickett. Mm-hmm. Well, again, to your point, Opposite if had some other guys been there, right. that might not have been the pick. Might not have been. Right, yeah. right. You could make the case they should have landed a better option, but if they like Pickett and Trubisky, they got their 2022 quarterbacks on reasonable terms. Well, obviously, Bill, they liked Pickett and Trubisky. They, of course. They had their pick of the quarterbacks in the draft, and they took Pickett. Mm-hmm. They had their pick of the quarterbacks in free agency. That's what, that's what, he took the words out of my mouth. They in, signed Trubisky 15 minutes, or agreed right, right, to terms right. with Trubisky 15 minutes into the t- legal tampering period. They could have gone after Jameis Winston or whoever else, Mike, uh, Marcus Mariota, whoever. They were trade. They wanted Mitch Trubisky. Right. Yeah. So in both phases of the offseason, excuse me. <laughs> and Paul and Don, you're crazy. Anyway, for the in the two phases of the offseason, they got their number one target. And I'm 100% certain of that. It's not speculation because every quarterback was on the board in the draft, and yeah. they chose Pickett over the others. And they obviously targeted Trubisky and got him locked up immediately. Uh, could they have put an offer in for a Russell Wilson or somebody like that? Possibly, but that wasn't the route they wanted to go, and I 100% understand it because they're very cost-effective young options, and that's really where this team is going. Yeah. Pittsburgh also rebuilt its offensive line with the additions of on low-cost contracts. I didn't love the re-signing of Chooksakor for to what amounts to a one-year, $10.5 million deal. I think that's fair by Bill. But the Steelers imported a pair of new starters on the interior, and James Daniels and Mason Cole swapping out Joe mm-hmm. Schobert for Miles Jack was also an upgrade, although I prefer to see the league's premier linebacker development factory over the last 30 years draft and develop players at that position. Okay. You can only, you only first of all, you only have so many picks. Right. And secondly, saying... There's a little hindsight there. Yeah, saying that the Steelers have been good at developing linebackers. Okay, I get that. But more pass rushers than... But more pass rushers than than Right, the mouth jack types. Right. Um, Yeah, 100%, because I see what Bill's saying there about the Miles Jack linebacker situation. But you wanted to knock a couple needs out before the draft. It cost you nothing. And it cost you nothing. He's as talented, you know, the, the Miles Jack, the prospect coming out of UCLA, is as talented as any linebacker in this class. You know, we often said pre-draft, I love the day two or, you know, the, the round two, uh, round three linebacker options, and I still would have. You know, they could have ended up with Chennault on the third or something like that. But you don't know that going into the draft, and it's it's really – comforting to knock out to one of those hand. things yeah, yeah, yeah right 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 it's so, a very kevin colbert like move to right again fill those needs before you have to go into the draft and then need to take somebody mm-hmm. it's the same reason you side mitchell trubisky right 100 yeah. percent. because i think the steelers would have been content if there were again i just throw in jordan davis's name out there not a first round quarterback I and mean, if they were taking a different position that they had a really high grade on i think they'd have been comfortable if we're sitting here at minicamp with Rudolph and Trubisky. Yeah. I mean, I think they'd have been fine with that. Uh, one thing I, I I understand where Bill's coming from, and I I certainly won't fight him on, 
you don't love the Chuk situation, you know. Uh, but he's still super young. That contract won't look big in a year or two. It's not like you knew Lael Collins was going to get cut. Right, right. I mean, tackles are just hard to come by. Yeah. And you could have pigeonholed your twentieth pick or you know first you know first round pick as a tackle, but you'd have been out of luck. I mean, Penning was gone. Right. You know, you, you, who's the next guy you would have taken? You know, Smith that Dallas took. I don't think that's the guy they were after. Yeah. You know, so uh, it there wasn't a lot of options. Yeah. Terrell Edmonds hasn't developed into a top-tier safety, but it was good value to bring back the former first-rounder on a one-year deal for just over $2 million. No one's going to fight on that call. No. I mean, no. I, I think that's 100% true. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a steal. What went wrong? To be honest, if they would have signed Edmonds before free agency opened to triple that, I would have understood. Right, yeah, that's you know what I, I thought mean? he was going to get. Right, 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 yeah. or the first week of free agency, you know. What went wrong? Given a difficult cap situation... Well, they didn't have a difficult cap situation. A difficult cap situation. I think Bill just copy this. and pasted that from every previous article <laughs> he's ever last, written about right, the Steelers. Yeah. The Steelers probably didn't need to go after players such as Gunnar Olszewski in free agency, even on low-cost deals. Cornerback, once the deepest position on this defense, has been thinned out enough by disappointments and cap-enforced departures that they needed to add Bill's corner Levi Wallace on a two-year $8 million deal. Well, I think that's a great deal. I think that's a great deal. He's a starting tough guy corner that fits the system at a reasonable price who's still young as well. I mean, all the there's a lot of trends with their signings. is the age coupled with experience and very team-friendly deals at key positions. You know, yeah. so, uh, I mean, I, I, I can understand having the Steelers as the 19th best offseason because they didn't have three first-round picks or, you know, go trade for Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill or make giant splash moves. But when you really unpeel it and you have a real micro view of this one team as opposed to 32, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I can't think of anything other than maybe, okay, we, they really wanted Jordan Davis for the middle of the, middle of the defense to get younger mm-hmm. on a defensive line, and that didn't work out. I think 20 teams really wanted Jordan Davis. Yeah. <laughs> Including the Eagles had to trade up to get right. him. Right. Right. So I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I was looking at what went wrong, I would have anything. What went wrong? Yeah, I'm struggling a little with that, too. You know, Pickens falling to you in the second round is not went wrong yeah. at all. You know, I mean, it wasn't Lee even... in the third. I mean, whether you, you loved the player or not, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, he was graded as a top five defensive lineman in this draft. It wasn't a great defensive line draft, but you still get a top five defensive tackle in the third round. Yeah. I mean, I guess one way would, of looking at it, if you have to write something for what went wrong, like, again, if this was my article when I was at ESPN, you have to write, figure something out. I probably would have said, do we know the run defense is better? I mean, maybe it should have been a nose tackle type instead of Liao or, you know what I mean? A different style of defensive tackle. Um, But overall, I mean, yeah, there's a couple spots on the roster that need work, and that's not uncommon either. But I don't think that there's, boy, this was a a rough offseason. Last offseason was a rough offseason. Last offseason was a rough (laughs) offseason. Right. I mean, this one you were able to dictate the terms and, you know, create a plan without a lot of hurdles, and they executed the plan. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious they executed their plan, where in the last couple off seasons it was more like, well, hope things break our way and we'll make a free, you know, a signing here and there, but we're not going to be able to dictate the market. This next one's weird, this next paragraph. He's what they could have done differently. Trubisky's deal starts at one year and $6.3 million and maxes out at two years – and $14.3 million before incentives. Marcus Mariota's deal with the Falcons came in at one year at $6.8 million, 
first of all. That's more. Right. Uh, for the first year. And maxes out at two years at $18.8 million. Again, more. Considering their contracts, I would rather have Mariota, whose floor is much higher than Trubisky's. I, under, I, I understand most of that. I don't agree because, yeah. I mean, anyone who listens to The Drive, my rankings were Winston, Trubisky, Mariota in that order. But Winston had an injury, and there's also familiarity with the Saints. So, I mean, so I prefer Trubisky as a player. I'm mean, contracts aside. I think who what would he I does rather fits have? this offense. Right. Not that what Mariota doesn't do. Right. I think he fits the offense as well. But every time Marcus Mariota has played an extended stretch of football in his career, he's gotten hurt. He's gotten hurt. He's Including gotten hurt. the first play that he was on the field for last year. Yes. He was on the field for one play, ran a, a quarterback draw for the Raiders, and got hurt on that play. Mm-hmm. I like Mariota. I think he's got a chance to revive his career to some extent. Where I'll agree with Bill is I think Mariota's floor is probably higher. I think Trubisky's ceiling is higher. I believe so, too. Right. I yeah. think there's more talent there. I, I know they both were second picks in the draft. Mariota's a big, strong guy who runs well. He's got a little bit more experience. A little bit more experience. Um, he's also pretty robotic. You know, he's yeah. not as improv as people think he is. Everyone just thinks of him as a real loose athlete and, you know, real fluid guy. He's more of a paint-my-numbers type of guy, which isn't bad. But, I mean, it's – I would rather have Trubisky – what he might become. Yeah. And the, the dollars are, I mean, they're, we're, we're splitting hairs there. I mean, Mariota's yeah. making more. I'm like, saying Mariota's more expensive, right? I, I don't know. Anyways, what's next? The t- with the TJ Watt deal in the books, it's time for the Steelers to get busy with extensions for Deontay Johnson and Minka Fitzpatrick. Well, flip-flop those because the Minka Fitzpatrick deal is going to get done before Deontay Johnson. Right. You can tell what the priorities yeah. are. It's Minka first. With Fitzpatrick up first. Okay, so he does say that. Entering his fifth-year option campaign, he should be able to be the top to top the safety market. That's currently Jamal Adams' four-year, seventy million dollars extension with the Seahawks. We've talked dollars before. I mean, I think he's as valuable as any safety in the league at his age, at his experience level. You know what you've seen from his talent. Um, looking for leaders on this team, I think he's got a chance to be one of those. Coming from Bama as well, understands what winning's all about. You know, had some tough years in Miami and saw what the I don't want to say the lower class, but the you know some of the tougher teams in the league are dealing with. And side note, I'm thinking of that, and I'm hoping we can replay these these interviews. But I was sitting here right next to Miles Jack, and yesterday we were sitting right next to James Daniels, and unprovoked, both those guys said something along the lines of paraphrasing. They said, "I understand why this team goes to the playoffs every year." You know, coming from the Bears and Jacksonville, like they were immediately shocked talking to Wes and Moats and those guys about. Things are different here. I understand there's a lot more attention to detail. You know, like I think that Minka helps with that kind of stuff as well and saw how other teams do things in Miami, and I think there's some value to that. So I'm sure that they – I'm not sure that they're going to make him the highest-paid safety, but he's going to be in that neighborhood, and I'm not going to fight it. No, no. I mean, uh, yeah. and, and again, that will last for about, oh, I don't know, 10 minutes. Yeah, right, right, right. Whoever the next I – mean, when Derwin comes up, it will yeah. be higher, or, you know, whoever's next. Yeah, so that's just the way that goes. Um, in in terms of of the entire offseason, I, I get putting them at nineteen. Yeah. But I think they've added more than they lost. Yes, oh, I think I think they're a better team. That now will show up before. in the comp picks. That'll show up in the comp picks. Yeah, it's a good point. Because they're not going to get any. They're not right. going to get any, but they've. I think they've gotten better at a number of positions. 
Right. And they often use like a fifth or sixth round pick to add additions. They still have all their wealth of picks going forward. Um, it also doesn't mention the two biggest, I think, offseason additions, and that's the return of Tyson Alulu and Stefan to it. Mm, I thought you were going to say adding Robert Flores, too. Well, <laughs> I mean, that I mean, could be. I mean, it's a yeah. hard thing to quantify, but you're 100% right. The problem, again, I'm not defending Bill, but I've been in his shoes. The, the 18 teams that they put ahead of him probably look better now than when they did at the end yeah. of the year, too. I mean, right. that's how that's the that's nature of the season. You know, I mean, people are coming back from health, and, you know, we don't know that Tua and Alua are going to be as good as they were. But, but I'm, I'm just uh, – well, so those are the 17 – those are the teams at the bottom of the list. So I'm looking through that, and I don't see on there the Cleveland Browns. Now, I don't know how you could look at the Cleveland Browns offseason – with the with, I get it. They added Deshaun Watson. I mean, he could be a franchise changing player, though. He could be. I mean, he, he's going to be one he way could, or another. He could also be a franchise he, killing. Player. He's going to be a franchise changing <laughs> player. I mean, that, I'm not even going to say he could be, but I mean, we know. I mean, you know, this is better than anyone. I mean, the the number of quarterbacks that have gone through that team since they've come back is unbelievably bad, and unbelievably fluid and ever-changing so if they got their guy off the field stuff aside I mean I, I don't know how to address that and we've talked about it a lot if all they got this free agent or this offseason was Deshaun Watson for the next 10 years on the field they're a better franchise yeah I mean they are I mean there's just no way around it as opposed to the I don't even want to lump Mayfield in there, but, I mean, some of the other guys they've lived with, the Manzels and the guys that were total flops, I mean, it, they're done looking at least. Yeah, right. So, you know, I think uh, I mean, they gave up a lot to do it, and there's a lot the of risk of the involved. Equation. There's there's a lot of risk involved. They gave right. up a lot of picks, and you know, a cap space in cap space. Right. You know, they've they've now kind of. I mean, they're married to him. They're married to him. They're 100 percent in with him, sink or swim, hoping he's a good boy and a good player <laughs> and able to get on the field. Able to get on the field. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's step one, of course. Um, I'm curious, uh, we haven't really had this conversation, maybe it's for a different, you know, uh, segment, but soon the Steelers might have to, or maybe I'm not even saying have to, might actually, might consider or might think about not adding Deshaun Watson, but should they be in the market for a big ticket item next off season? You know, the, the best tackle on the market, the you know something, some stud player that they never go out the organization. My only point with that is a free, a, a, an off season like the one they just had, and Barnwell's not putting this into consideration, sets them up to do that. I mean, if they so choose, they could try trade for Kyler Murray or whoever the best free agent is on the market next year. They I'm just, just looking go it up now. Just get for, them, you know, yeah. and of course they'll change, and people get franchised, and there'll be extensions and things like that, but. If there's a really shiny thing from outside the organization, they can go get it. And to me, that has immense value. You know, if by chance Cam Hayward has, I mean, heaven forbid, Cam Hayward has a, an, a knee injury and says, I've been doing this long enough, and two, it doesn't work out. They go, I'm not going to say they could go get Aaron Donald, but they could go get a Chris Jones-level defensive lineman or whoever's yeah, on, right. you know, you know yeah. what I mean? Because like, bad things are going to happen. And they're really well prepared with a huge safety blanket for when bad things do happen, let alone if the bad things don't happen, you can add some wonderful sugar on top too, you know what I mean, if you so choose. Yeah, I mean, you just continue to build the the 
the the overall nest. You mm-hmm. just continue to get better and better. Make your make your team better. I mean, you mentioned before we went on the air, the offense is like thirty one million in cap space. That's nothing. Yeah, the no, offense that, that will know, go right. up next year because right, right, all right, those guys course. are signed fresh contracts this year. But it's not going to go up. It's not going to be seventy or eighty million. No, and yeah. you're not going to have a forty million dollar quarterback next year. I'm sure. Right. You know, like I, I think this off season has set them up for bigger ticket things. I, I guess here's a better way of saying it. If Bill writes this article next year, Steelers might be th- third or fourth because wow, they went out and traded for Devontae Adams or Tyree Kill or you know something like that. Yeah. But this off season allowed them to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. right. If it if part one doesn't happen, you can't do part two. And again, you're you're uh, you're not rebuilding necessarily. You're you're kind of retooling on the fly. Because mm-hmm. that's a really hard year. fence to walk on. <laughs> you know, right? I mean, it's never going to be well. We, if you're gonna do that, you should trade Cam Hayward, and you know they're not ever going to take that approach. No, no, because you do have to go into that locker room and look guys like Cam Hayward and T.J. Watt and mm-hmm. Lucas Patrick in the eye and say, "Hey guys, right, we're rebuilding right. this year. We're gonna stink. We're gonna we're gonna you know yeah. we're gonna suck for luck." I, I don't think tanking works in this league. I don't period. think it does either. Right? And I've, I've had that argument with a lot of people, like, "Oh, just blow it up. Just blow it up." There's nothing that guarantees once you blow it up that you're going to be able to get it back. No, there's too much turnover. There's The rosters are too big. And even the greatest quarterback prospect, Luck, Lawrence, whoever you can remember the first overall, they need help, man. Yeah. And, of course, culture is huge, too. I mean, James Daniel and Miles Jack wouldn't have sat down if this was a tank situation going, oh, I understand why these guys never – lose more than they win. You know, you know what I mean? Like, you, you can't just ruin the culture you've built so well. No, I agree completely. But uh, uh, we're going to take a break. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We are live from the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex where the Steelers uh, have just wrapped up uh, day three of their – phase three of their uh, OTA sessions here. Uh, and uh, we'll continue uh, next week on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday – That's when we'll be back, Uh, but uh, we're going to take a break right now, and we'll be back with more right after this. Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At S&T Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why S&T Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, S&T Bank is here to help. Learn how S&T Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. S&T Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by J.D. Power. For J.D. Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. And we're back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And Matt is talking about the Bill Barnwell article on DK, uh, yeah, DK, <laughs> on ESPN uh, regarding uh, the off seasons here. And he, he ranked uh, 32 to 17 today. He'll finish up with the top 16 next Wednesday, I guess. So oh, okay. It's, it's That's a big project. Yeah. Um, interesting to note that while the Steelers come in at 19 on that list, um, it's, it's a situation. None of the other AFC North teams – are below the Steelers. So they all had better off-seasons than Pittsburgh. That's what he's saying, yeah. Okay. I suppose I get that. I mean, the Ravens draft is a huge influx of youth, and I like the Marcus Williams signing. Just talking about additions, because yeah. there were some subtractions there, too. Right. Um, we did talk about Watson. I mean, if, if you land your long-term star top-ten quarterback, 
it's a good offseason, assuming it doesn't rock the boat in other ways. Again, that's a unique situation. And I don't think either one of us are going to fight the Bengals as having a good offseason. I don't know that any of them are better than the Steelers, but I, I like what the Bengals did. They addressed two key areas. And I think all four teams in the division got better. Now, maybe it's not to the level of – I know everybody's trumpeting you know, the, the, the AFC West. and Wow, look at how better, much better these teams in the AFC West mm-hmm. got. Um, They're not as huge splash moves except for the Watson deal. Yeah. Um, no, I hear you, but – I don't know. The Ravens do this every year, and they're a really stable organization, and everyone likes their draft every year, and I understand that. And they did add more than they lost, especially if you accumulate guys coming back from injury. Um, I think there's more holes with the Browns than people want to maybe give them credit for when they yeah. analyze the offseason. And part of that's because you go all in. You want a first-round pick. You want a second-round pick. You know, you go all in with your resources on one guy, and that guy has to hit. Again, I mean, you're – He's going to change the organization, positive, <laughs> negative, whatever, ugly, whoever, you know, but that's going to change. And I think Cincinnati was smart just because they were kind of slow and steady. It wasn't like we're going to give all our money to Toronto Armstead and be done, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think well, they, they spent their money last they spread it out you know, the last well. couple of years, yeah. Yeah, actually, it's been three off seasons in a row. One of them was on defense. Uh, this year was about the offensive line where I think they spread their money out pretty well. They don't want one huge ticket item in free agents. Yeah, because you know they also know that they've got the, the contracts of you know Burrow and Chase. Lee. Yeah, right, right, right. You, know, you, can't, you can't go out and spend you know, $25 million on a player knowing mm-hmm. that you've got that situation. You know, what's Burrow going to command? What's Chase going to command? Right. Can you keep Bates? You know, yeah. Things like that are looming Take for them, too. Some, right, yeah, right, right. these other guys. Problems they didn't have in the past. Yeah, so I, I, I get that. Um, but, you know, I, I look at this and, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to talk out of both sides of my mouth. I like what the Steelers have done this offseason. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's been a, a very good offseason for them. And it's been one of major, major changes. Major, major changes. Without rocking the boat too much, though. You know, I mean, yeah. it's not Jacksonville-level changes and things like that. I mean, there's still a slow, steady course even with Kevin Colbert stepping aside, you know, it's and they still... Didn't, they a, didn't sign the big ticket items. No, right, right, right. I mean, they're not massive personalities coming into the locker room. I mean, and that could be good or bad. There's not massive coaching changes. There are, you know, things like the Flores hiring, who's a big personality that could change things behind the scenes. But it's not like, oh, Tomlin's job's in trouble because Flores is here. Or, you know, any of that Some type of stuff. Some people suggested you know? that, too. It's most... Like there was a lot of no a lot of people out there. Why don't they make Tomlin the GM and make Brian Flores the head coach? Because you probably get worse at both spots, right? Well, <laughs> Why are you asking someone to do? I mean, unless <laughs> I mean, we've seen coaches do that in the past. I mean, if Coach Tomlin was like, "I don't want the grind of coaching every week, and I still want to be involved," sure, but not, "Hey, Kev or Mike, you're doing such a great job. Let's change what you're doing." Yeah, right. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I think you know, and. and Mike Tomlin, I, there's just again continues to be this perception out there that he is somehow a bad coach. He somehow hoodwinked everybody in the league into thinking he's a good coach. <laughs> right. It, it, it's amazing to me that he doesn't get more credit locally, really, because really the people in the know nationally realize he's a top five type right. of coach. Yeah, one hundred percent. But you always you always hate the you know you hate this your starting quarterback if he's not a star. And everybody thinks the head coach should have done this or that because, well, that's the way I do it on Madden. No, right, right. You know, and the same reason one loves the backup. I, I get up, I, you, and, know, you know, it's it's fourth and two, and I stop. 
I get up, I go have a sandwich, mm-hmm. maybe get a drink, I come back, and then I run my fourth and two play because I've had some time to think about it. Yeah, you know? and my running backs, I don't know, I don't play Madden, but I created my running back out of thin air, and he's yeah. got 100 strength and speed, and, oh, he picked it up. Well, I run this play every time, and the computer can't cover it. And so, you know, <laughs> right, it works right, right. every time. My right guard's just blowing out this deep <laughs> tackle, and, yeah, and there's no wind or crowd or pressure. Or it's the, it's, it's the same thing that doesn't work for me with analytics in football. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get analytics. I, I, I believe in analytics. When, yeah. when I'm coaching baseball, I am as analytically driven as anybody out there. I, I'll go through my books. I'll see who does what and what situations if we're playing a, t- a team that we've played before. Mm-hmm. I'll look and see how guys did against certain pitchers, what they did, things of that nature. I'll look and see where does a player, if we played them again, we played them before, where did those guys hit the ball at? Okay. Where did they, they yeah. put the ball? And, and I know very little about baseball except for being a fan, you know, growing up. Baseball makes more sense. Game management, you know, 100%. Football, right? there's so much involved in this that, you know, first of all, it's, it's, it's more people involved. There's 22 human beings on the 22 field. 22 people right. involved. Baseball, you don't play baseball in bad weather. Right, right. You might right. play in cold weather. Sure. If it's pouring rain, you're not playing baseball. Or it's freezing out or <laughs> yeah. it's super hot and my guys are tired or those type of things. If I mean, those things, if it's snowing and there's accumulation on the ground, you're, not, you're stopping the baseball game. In football, you're continuing to play. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and the first inning surface. and the ninth inning aren't much different. Right. And, you know, it, oh, there's a weather front coming in. Everybody's really fresh. Up. You know? Right, right, right. Or, boy, it's hot as can be and my defense is spent. I can't, I can't punt here because I can't put them back on the field because they got nothing left in the tank. You know, your right fielder doesn't get tired. Right, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, boy, my right fielder's really dragging. <laughs> He's really, uh, those, those, those two fly balls that he caught in this game really right, wore right, him right. out. You he, know. Did he hit a double three innings ago? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, your pitcher is a different matter. You know, oh, that's, I would imagine. That's right, different. Right, right, right. And I think basketball and hockey, their fatigue's a big deal, too. And yeah. I don't know how you would measure that from an analytics perspective. But even in those sports, like a guy, who sh- a guy who's a, a 38% three-point shooter, mm-hmm. he may miss his first four or five shots. Sure. By the end of the game, or by the, or the end yeah, of a seven-game series. Yeah, after right, a seven, right, right. through a seven-game series, he's probably going to shoot right around that number. Yeah, right. He may right. have a hot streak, and he may be better than that number. Uh, you know, but there's all you know. There's things like the clutch factor and things of that nature, which right, I, right, right, I right. believe it. Oh, I do too. I mean, especially a quarterback, and you know, Larry Bird hitting the, the game winner, or Jordan, or somebody yeah. like that. I mean, I want you want the ball in your hands. It's the clutchest guy. I mean, I think there's something yeah. to that. I mean, that I always will never wrap their head around. I always wanted the ball. And I I always wanted to take that last shot mm-hmm. when we're when we're playing. You know, different pickup games. And yeah, and not like everybody that. does. I want you know. I want to just okay. I'm going to bury this, and we're we're going to be done. We're, we mm-hmm. got next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the whole stadium knows Jordan's getting the ball or whoever. You know, and you're going to get doubled, and you still have to overcome that stuff. Yeah, and football, I, I do works think as it much is hard. I think, I I think it has a place. Oh, I'm a big fan of analytics. Everyone knows that. But, I mean, I but think it is have much coaches, harder. You, I mean, you, analytics you, is also a very broad term. You see what happened in, in, in with the Chargers last year. You mm-hmm. see what happened with Harbaugh in Baltimore going for it on, on this fourth. Well, you know, it, and, you know, I, again, I don't want to talk out of both sides of my mouth here. I get I get what, like, Harbaugh did last year to a, a better, more of a degree than I get what they were doing with the Chargers. Like, Staley, okay. Harbaugh, toward the end of the season, started going for the, it, they, okay, we're close. 
I know my defense stinks. Yeah, that's the thing, right? He was covering up a weakness. Yeah, I know that right, we right, can't. Right, right. You know, if this game goes to overtime, we're not. We're probably not going to win if we lose the toss. Mm-hmm. And we don't have Lamar Jackson, so the offense isn't as good. So we're gonna we're gonna go for two here and see if we can end this game now. Yeah, and that makes sense. To me. Whereas Brandon I, I, Staley just went, he just went for it every single time. Yeah, I'm gonna go for it no matter yeah. what. Right? We're we're twenty. Because the numbers tell us to do that. <laughs> we're at our own twenty. The hell with it. I'm gonna go for it. Yeah, like yeah. that's just silly. And I bet he learns his lesson. But I bet there's also some analytic folks this off season that'll say. I don't know how many times did Staley go for yesterday, last year. I'm guessing 15 times. I, I don't know. I mean, more than anybody else, but it's still not 50 times. You know, I'm sure the analytics community will be like, okay, it, it, over the course of his career, when he when he has a hundred options to do it, they went for 34 times last year. Okay, wow. I mean, that has to be the most <laughs> in the league. I, I was laughing, saying it can't be 50, but it was two a game. Yeah, no, I mean, it's two a game, right? So I bet the analytics community is going to tell you though. Give us five years of him doing that, and it'll come back to the mean. He just got unlucky. Well, he went. Maybe. He got. He converted. They converted sixty-four point seven percent of the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure most of those are fourth and ones, right? Not fourth and twelves, you know. But you have to. There's situational stuff. Not all fourth and ones are created equal. Not even close. Yeah, you know, one close. of them's fourth and one of them's fourth and and you know a foot and a half. Mm-hmm. The other one's fourth and four and a half feet. Right. 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 One of them is fourth and fourth and two from your own twenty. The other one is a fourth and two from the opposing twenty. Mm-hmm. Those are completely different situations. And back to your point, one of them's in a dome in New Orleans. Right. At the, home. the other one's in a driving rainstorm. And it was a driving <laughs> rainstorm on the road in Green Bay. And or, you don't have whatever. your starting running back. Right. And your yeah. and your kicker, you have no faith in at all. Yeah. Or or you have the best kicker in the it's league. The human or, element you know, right, that, right, right. That's involved with football. I mean, if I have Justin Tucker or the the kicker I picked up off the street is going to influence what I do on fourth down. Yeah. You know, and one hundred percent. Yeah. There, there's... One of the things that makes me crazy, because this is list season, and we've all done our lists this time of year, and you'll get, you know, who are the best coaches in the league. And the last couple years, no one would have wrote, written this 10 years ago or even five years ago probably, everyone will kill Tomlin because his fourth down percentage isn't – he punts too much. And I, I'm i like, that's fine. If you want to mention that, I don't have a problem with that. Or if you want to talk about fourth downs – but I promise you, if you ask, especially the Roonies, but if you ask any owner in the league, so what's your criteria for hiring your next head coach? You know, let's go through the list of what's most important to you. Fourth down percentage is like 58th. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Can game management men? is yeah. big. You know, how do you handle things on game day, timeouts, all those things. But, you know, in terms of who do I hire to lead my organization and be the CEO of my massive corporation here, his abilities on fourth down, whether he punts a little more, you know, 5% more than he should or goes for 5% more than he should is way down my criteria. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think, you know, the, the analytic part of this game has is, is gotten, again, I, I see the value in it. Yeah, there's a great market for it. Yeah. I think it's a wonderful tool, you know. And you should use it to, to self-scout mm-hmm. and things of that nature. Right. Um, but it can't be the soul-driving no, no, no. It no. can't be the engine that drives the, the bus. Right. Yeah, I'm interested in some of these newer GMs, like the Vikings come to mind. I mean, that it was hired because of his analytic background. Well, I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad hire. I don't know much about him, except that he's you know very, very bright, very mathematically inclined. But a lot of people gave him a hard time because he traded from, what, 11 or 12 
with the Lions back to 32, and by the trade value chart, he didn't get as much as he gave up. But analytics say trading down is more than trading up. But me giving you 90 cents for a dollar, or me giving you a dollar for 90 cents in return. Doesn't make sense. It, it, yeah, Let right, alone right. doing that with the team that's in your division. Right. Which he did that with he did twice. twice. Right, right, right. So maybe he proves to be right. Maybe the whole key to drafting is just making as many picks as you possibly can and figuring it out from there. But if you keep taking 90 cents on the dollar, it's going to cost you, you know. Yeah. And and then other teams are going to know it, too. And then the Steelers are calling next year and give them 85 cents on the dollar because you know you want to trade back. <laughs> yeah, you know, you get a reputation. And right, 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 right. Yes. And, you know, by the same token, you know, when you look at that and then you look at what the Saints did, gave up to go get Chris Olave. Total opposite. Right. Total complete opposite. Yep, yep. Which team's going to be more successful this year? Yeah, or yeah. for five years. Because or it's, what's all, a about, move, it's or, right. all about you know what, what happens on the field. That's what, you know, when people would talk about bringing up the Browns again a few years ago when they kept trading back in the first round. Mm-hmm. And they kept accumulating all these picks. And I, remember, I can remember Eventually having – Eventually you got to make a pick. I could, yeah, I had that conversation with David Todd. He said, I really like what the Browns are doing here. I'm like, yeah, but David, at some point they have to pick players. Yeah, have, you you have can't to, just keep trading yeah. back and accumulating all these picks and say, boy, look at all these picks we've got. Yes. And this is an extreme example, but I heard this you know, th- This conversation was being had in the conversation I was listening to, and somebody really smart said, 107th-round picks don't ever equal a first-round pick. Right. It, you know, yeah. there's a, eventually there's a point where – You may get lucky with one or two. You may get lucky with one or two, but you could have uh, or, you know, what, there are 90 guys here this week, and, and they're all seventh-round picks, so you don't have any free – you know, and maybe 10 of them hit – but they're not going to hit like the first rounders, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you got value left and right, but eventually you got to make a pick. You got to make the picks. Yeah, and yeah. they got to hit. We're going to take another break. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to the Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. I don't even know how we went down that route. No, right. We had a nice conversation about it. We did. And what's interesting is, you know, with Omar Khan taking over as the GM, will they be more analytically based or not? I mean, the Steelers, who's well, let's, to say? Let's talk about that because, okay. uh, you know, they're going to announce uh, or they're going to introduce Omar Khan tomorrow. Uh, of course, he was hired yesterday as a GM. Mm-hmm. Andy Weidel uh, from the Eagles is going to be coming in. Of course, uh, Andy has a, uh, a background, began his career with the, with the Steelers, went to Baltimore, then to uh, – to Philadelphia. Yeah, which I like both those front offices. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, he spent a year in year two in the Saints. He was the, he was the Saints, Saints briefly yeah. in between there, right? Yeah. So, you know, when you look at it, four good organizations that he's that he's Very been much with. so. Yeah. And they each have very distinct ways of team building. Yeah. Not every team does, but they, those three teams do. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we return. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We are live at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex for Steeler OTA session. We'll be back with more right after this. And we're back. I am Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. We are live at Steelers OTA sessions here at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. And uh, Matt, as I mentioned, uh, the Steelers will uh, introduce... Not that they really have to because he's been here for 21 years. <laughs> right. uh, but uh, Omar Khan is their new general manager uh, at 10 a.m. tomorrow in a press conference on Friday. That would be Friday uh, if you're listening to this uh, later on this weekend. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Cause it comes out in podcasts and stuff yeah, too. Yeah, right? absolutely. Um, and um, there are reports out there that they're going to hand, uh, they're gonna have uh, Andy Weidel come in as the assistant GM. Mm-hmm. Uh, Weidel, a Mount Lebanon uh, graduate like yourself. Like myself. You're younger than I am, right? Yeah. Um, and so, 
in my eyes, what what this is what this means is that Omar Khan will continue to be the guy who negotiates all the contracts. Yes, I would imagine. Right. And Weidel will be the guy that when uh, you know Mike Tomlin is going out to a pro day. Mm-hmm. Weidel will be the guy that's there with him analyzing the... Yeah, and I would imagine Andy's going to continue to watch a lot of tape, write reports, you know, um, both pro and college. He'll be at a game several Saturdays per fall, you know, and then come back and be here for the Steeler game or whatever. Um, where I don't know how much tape Omar has watched in his career or if he will at all, or but that's not going to be his forte either way. My hunch is he will get all the data, all the reports, all the different scouts will state their case on players. And, and that's whatnot. a situation right. where analytics comes into play. Right. And say, okay, and so finances. If we draft, uh, you know, a cornerback in round one, mm-hmm. okay, the, the analytics say he'll last for eight years in the league and he'll make this this much money, mm-hmm. you know, or, or something along those lines. And so, you know, but this, this position has better value because these guys last – 10 years and they, you know, that kind of stuff. And and to take it a step further, it's even more like, well, if I have a corner who's cost controlled for four or five years as a first round pick, that compared to, and he's an average starter. I mean, that's a good way of looking at it. You have to look at everybody as an average. Right. If he can become an average starter after his rookie season, and if you get any more out of him, that's great. What does it cost me on the open market to get an average starting corner? A lot more than it does the draft one, you know. Right. So I mean, that that's I'm sure a big portion of of what Omar will be looking at is, well, that's great, but the contractual value isn't high for this particular position or whatever. That's the biggest argument about running back in in one in round one. Honestly, is they don't last particularly long, and I can go get an average starter on the market, a Melvin Gordon for a couple million, where you can't. I mean, if Chooks Corafor is a below average starter right now that could develop into more, and he's eight million. And Melvin Gordon's three million for a year. I mean, you can understand the economics of it all, right. you know, in terms yeah. of positional value and ability yeah. to find, you know, different spots. Yeah, uh, to me, this move uh, by Art Rooney largely keeps the status quo. I think so too, because Omar Khan is going to continue. He 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 does all the contract negotiations now. Mm-hmm. That's what he does, and he handles the team's finances and does does those things, and he does that job very well. So. To me, the, the whole idea of this was, you know, I'm, I'm putting myself in Art Rooney's shoes here for a moment, um, as long as he doesn't come down and stop me. Uh, <laughs> you, you look at this, you say, okay, I'm going to hire a guy from, the out, from outside the organization to do the job that Kevin did. Yes. Or a percentage of it. Or, or a high know, percentage. A high of percentage it, yeah. of what Kevin did. But I don't want to put that guy in a position where it looks like he is in charge of Omar. That's what you're saying. Right, right, which right, is right. what Kevin basically, I mean, they they were both, they vice, together, they were both vice presidents. They worked very closely together, but Kevin had the GM title. Mm-hmm. So really what you've done is you've given the GM title to Omar Khan. Mm-hmm. You've given him an assistant GM. So now you've created that hierarchy. Which makes where sense. Where Weidel right. will report to Khan. Who's been here. But Weidel will still handle the draft stuff. I would imagine, and for the majority of that, not the con won't be involved right. in it. But, Personnel stuff, yeah. yeah. I think we'll, he'll have this. I'm sure he'll be the strongest influence in the building with team building. Maybe not team building might not be the right word, but player evaluations. Yeah, for yeah. both pro and college. And the thing that imagine. people need to remember is that 
there's one person at the top of the pyramid. <laughs> right. Go ask labs. It's, the, labs team, it's the team pyramid. So well, right. And, and so, you know, you've still got two people. You know, and that's the owner. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the owner slash team president. Mm-hmm. Everything runs through Art Rooney here. Right, right, right. That's just that's the way it's worked. It, it was that way when Dan Rooney ran the team. Uh, you know, it, that's just the way that the Steelers have always done things. Yep. And I don't know if this is true or not, but Mike Tomlin has a lot of influence on more than just if you go for it on fourth down or not, too. And I he mean, should. I mean, he, he should. He's the right. head coach. Uh, you know, it's, it's no different. Are you telling me John Harbaugh doesn't have a lot of influence on what the Ravens Absolutely. do? Absolutely. Right. And you know? Reed, you know, these guys have been around. Obviously, and Belichick's the, the GM slash head coach. Sure. But there's a lot that don't. I mean, there's right. probably a dozen head coaches that have no say on the first round pick. Which I mean, is, they might which to me off, is silly because he's the guy, you know, he's the, coach him. He's the cook. Yeah, right, right, you right. Know, you, got, you can't just throw him. Okay, here you go. I'm going to give you this, uh, this, this venison and some red beets and some peanut butter. Yeah, peanut butter. <laughs> Something that doesn't work. With it. They're, know, they're right, all right, on right. their own. They're all. I would eat all of them. Right, right, right. Mixed right. together, not so much. Yeah. Here's, here's <laughs> marshmallows, a bottle of vodka, and <laughs> spam. I always, I always do that <laughs> right, with my right, daughter. Right. Uh, you know, when we get something and she's like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like this. I'm like, well, you like chicken and you like cheese and you like, you know, this. Right, I'm right, like, right, why right. wouldn't you like them all mixed together? <laughs> well, it doesn't always work that way, right? <laughs> no, but that's a good way of putting it, you know. And, and Tomlin's going to have extreme say in things, of course, and I get that uh, in terms of free agency a- acquisitions and draft and he's picks. That. And he's earned that. Beca- yeah. And he's good at it. People don't realize. I've never been in the war room with him. But people that have say, wow, he's very impressive, and he's not just a figurehead or a blowhard in there. He's done the work. He's watched a lot of the tape. I mean, I'm sure he grinded how Pickett, Ritter, Corral, you know, all those guys and had a lot of say, and, boy, I really don't like this about him, or, boy, I like this aspect of him. You know, so it's going to be a group decision or a group project. And it always is. That, that's, mm-hmm. you know, as, as – I... I get, you know, the, the, the Steelers' success under Kevin Colbert, and I'm not trying to discount that at all. No, it's extreme. But every you know, move right. that they make is a Steelers' move. Right. It's been a, said a few times yeah. this offseason. You know, we. You know, or, you it's, know. it's always said. And, and, you know, early in my career, I didn't believe. I'm like, ah, oh, that can't be sure true. Somebody's right, got right, to right. have the final say. Well, the final say always comes down to Art Rooney. If there's a debate, I, I mean, can remember it's... asking, you know, talking to him uh, when we talked to him a couple of years ago when they when they made to make a Fitzpatrick trade, and he says, hey, you know, Kevin came to me and said we had this uh, this option, mm-hmm. and he said, I, I said, well, how how difficult was that decision to to make? And he says, I did a lot of pacing, and you know, there was yeah before we made it because it was it went against the organizational philosophy. Sure, sure, but he made made the final decision. Yes, this is what's best for us in the long term. I mean, I assume how this went, and you probably have Colbert be- didn't go make the trade, and then say, "Hey, hey exactly, we, made, we just say, made right, this right, deal." Right. But he was in favor of it. Yeah. took a proposition to his boss and said, "I think this is what's best for the team." And his boss respects Kevin and says, "Okay, I'll listen to it. That's not what we do, but convince me." Yeah, and he convinced him. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that, that's right. the way the organization works. So Omar, you know, Omar Khan does not have; he's not over top of Mike Tomlin. Correct. Correct. They're they're basically equals in in, mm-hmm. in, in footing. They're this they're the second level of the pyramid. That's and, where it starts to go down in the triangle. And, and maybe this is me not knowing Omar well enough for his background because there's a difference between being a salary cap guy and a numbers guy than an analytics guy too. You know, yeah. like 
he might not be looking at well here I'm trying to come up with some example. You should throw more on first downs because analytics tell us that. He might just be saying, well, in terms of contracts, you should spend your money here and here so right. I can build a contractual puzzle of a 53-man roster. You know, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden it's going to look like Brandon Staley. You know, <laughs> I mean, like he's going to have an influence, but I don't know if he's analytically driven or not. I know he's numbers driven and finance driven, and that's not the same thing. No, it certainly is not. Um, but, you know, I do think that, that uh, it, it's going to be largely the same moving right, forward. Right, I mean, right, you're right. going to have a different set of eyes on Weidel uh, to yep. be sure running the, the department, but you still have Tomlin there. Right. Khan has always been involved. And at the top of the pyramid, you still have Art Rooney. Mm-hmm. And back to Things Weidel. aren't going to philosophically change. Because Weidel's coming out of people, well, you know, the Eagles are one of the most aggressive teams in the league in terms of trading. Right. Okay, that's, that's all well and good. But he didn't make those decisions either. Right. You know, right. <laughs> It, it, it's funny because the Saints were longer ago in Weidel's career. The Ravens and especially the Eagles are the most recent. So, of course, you look at things and th- say he'll probably do it like he was taught and like the last organizations did, and they were successful. You don't know that. You know, I mean, you don't know that he'll do the same thing. But I do think there's some interesting trends with those organizations more so than others in that Philly – really stresses the lines of scrimmage. You know, they've drafted a lot of receivers high lately, but I think that's more because they've been missing on them. They always invest in linemen. Always, always, always. They never invest in second-level linebackers. They haven't drafted a first-round corner since Lito (laughs) Shepard. So they have some strong trends. Yes. And the Ravens do, too. You know, the Ravens are more best player available than any team in the league. And they're but they pick. do invest in back end players. I would say they invest in corners too, yeah. and it took Patrick Queen the first round, you know. And they're the best comp pick team in the league, you know. So which what what routes is he? What's he going to pluck from his so old organization? You know, he's, right, he's right, right. Been in both organizations, you bring your own arguments to the table, mm-hmm. and so you know maybe a little bit different way of doing things. We'll see if the Steelers do change things up in that direction. Yeah. Um, but it, it's all part of the process here. You know, Kevin Colbert brought his own processes to the to the equation, not right away. As I, I did the story, you know, a, sure. a, a, a couple of weeks ago uh, before the draft, and, and spoke to some guys who had been there. I spoke to Bill Cowher. I spoke to to Doug Whaley, guys who had been in the room mm-hmm. with Kevin during those those early drafts. And he said, "No, we just carried over what we had been doing because he got yeah. started so late in the process." But then he put his own touches on it. I'm sure it's going to be very similar to like as you said that example. Or when Mike Tomlin was hired. Like, the, the only problem I had with the Tomlin hiring at the time, not knowing much about him, was like, are they going to be a strict cover two, too high safety? That's not what this defense does at all. That's going to be a rough transition. Ask, you know, what, what's Aaron Smith going to do? What's, you know, is there a spot yeah. for Casey Hampton? Well, again, that world? goes down to just coaching and, and doing. Right. And that's not at all what at, they did. Looking at what <laughs> you have and saying, okay, this is what we do best. And this is what we're going to continue to do. This is, right. what, I, this is what I have. See, I have a me, team that that's comes, set up to do this. This is what we're going to continue to do. See, that to me, that comes down to the owner saying, we love you, but your system isn't going to get impl- you know, implemented here overnight. We're not dumping Cam Hayward because he's not a 4-3 player, you know, yeah. or whatever, you know. We're that's still how you get into trouble. Way. Right. We want your wrinkles, but they're going to be slower. Yeah. All right. Anyways, we're gonna, it's the top of the hour here, so we're going to take another break. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lolly. You're listening to The Drive here at uh, the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. Live from the Steeler OTA sessions. They just wrapped up session number three of phase three here. Uh, they'll take come back on Tuesday for the second week of this, and uh, we'll be back again then. But uh, we're going to take a break right now. We'll be back with more right after this. 
Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At s Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why s Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, s Bank is here to help. Learn how s Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. s Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by J.D. Power. For J.D. Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards.